Apostle Mrs. Leanne Kofi, the founder and general overseer of the Lord's Garden Ministries, a ministry which is focused on bringing back the glory of God into the lives of people who have been battered by the world. She's a healing apostle and ministers powerfully to break people free from demonic oppressions. We believe you'll be blessed as you listen to today's word. Now, today's word. debtors. One owed 500 pence and another 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave both of them. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most? Then Simon answered and said, I suppose he to whom he forgave much. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. And he said to the woman and said unto Simon, do you see this woman? See as thou this woman. I entered into your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gave me no kiss. But this woman, since I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil you did not anoint. But this woman, which had anointed my feet with ointment, wherefore I say unto you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. Praise the Lord. Then Mark chapter 14, the verse 3 to 9 says, And be in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment, of spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this ointment wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor, and they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She has wrought a good work on me, for you have the poor with you always. And whensoever you will, you may do them good, but me you have, you have not always. She has done what she could. She is therefore come aforehand to anoint my body to the bearing. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she has done shall be spoken of for a memorial for her. Amen. Put your hands together. Now, the four accounts tell the story of a sacrifice that is, or that was born out of love and devotion. It's the story of an act of worship born out of a heart of gratitude. A story of an act of commitment. It was a selfless giving act. An act of worship of this woman unto Jesus. Now, the four Gospels make reference um, to this account as Jesus rightly said that wherever the gospel shall be preached this woman's deed will always be mentioned amen so whether you read Matthew Mark Luke or John it's there now some say that she is the um, sister of Lazarus that's Mary Lazarus who died and whom Jesus raised from the dead after four days um, they say she's the same Mary the sister of Martha and Lazarus, who were all friends of Jesus. These, uh, this family had a relationship with the Lord, and they were ministered to, to by the Lord, and they received a lot from him. They received the word of life, and obviously, their lives had been touched in so many ways by, by the master. They were converts of Jesus. And Lazarus, their brother, had been raised from the dead after four days being in the grave. 
And so if you have a brother whom someone has raised from the dead, you'll be very grateful to the person, obviously. Luke's account does not mention the name of the woman as Mary, really, but says that it was a sinful woman, a prostitute from the town, who came to pour this very expensive oil on Jesus' feet after washing his feet with her tears and then wiping his feet with her hair and then pouring this expensive oil on his feet. Some believe that they, they are two different incidents, but really I think that they are one and the same story. And as Jesus truly said, wherever the gospel is preached, her name is being mentioned. Now the three gospels mentioned that Jesus was in Bethany. Bethany, the town of Bethany, which means a house of affliction. A house of affliction. And more so he was in the house of Simeon the leper. So look at, look at the picture. In a leper's house, in a town called a house of affliction, Eton, Eton. Can you imagine that? You know, there are many places that you and I wouldn't go. You wouldn't want to go to a leper's house to have dinner with a leper and his family. Somebody's going like this. Do, do, do. And more so, and more so in a town of affliction. But you see, this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus will come to you wherever you are, however you are, in whatever condition you are in. He comes to you. And I'm speaking to somebody this morning that Jesus comes to you and he will come to you. No matter where you are, no matter what condition you are in. Even when you are messed up, he will still come to you. And he will pick you up from the miry clay and wash you and cleanse you and use you for his glory. Hallelujah. That's why the song they sang this morning is so apt. Amen. Put your hands together and thank the Lord. Hallelujah. In your time of rejection, in a time of no hope, when all have you know, deserted you, he will be the last man standing with you. You can trust that he will be the last man standing with you. You know, that is the life of the leper, ostracized, rejected. But Jesus chose to go and eat dinner in the house of Simon the leper. And when he comes, Jesus comes to turn our weeping into laughter. Amen. He comes to change situations. So Jesus was in this house and this woman comes along to him, amen, in the house of Simon the leper, a destitute man. He found him, said, it's your house I want to come to. And this woman came, not empty-handed, but she came with an alabaster box. You know, many years ago, Uncle Ruben, will it be about maybe 15 years ago or so? It could be. Mr. Atipa went to Israel. And he brought for me a present. It was an alabaster box. And within the alabaster box was a bottle of spikenard. And you know, it's a very expensive oil. So it was a little bottle like that. But when you open it, very sweet. The smell is amazing. And it was in this box. It, it's, not, it's not like a box, like a metal box. It's like marble. Beautiful marble thing. Very beautiful. You know, goldish brown with cream is amazing. So we're having, we're going to have a, a partners meeting. And I would normally take my anointing oil, but that day the Lord said, take your spignard and minister to every partner with this spignard. Hey, I said, this is my precious spignard. <laughs> okay. So I took it. And my mind, when I was going, when I go, when I get there, I'll open the box. So when it was time for ministering to the people, I picked
the box. I don't know who it was. So Basadi was helping me with the box. But somehow between the transfer of the box from his hands to my hands, the box fell. And it broke. And I was like, ah, because my mind was that I'm not going to break any alabaster box in this house. I'm going to open it, take out the speaker, uh, and minister to the people. This is my precious box. I'm not going to break the box like the woman. I actually taught it that I'm not going to break this, but I'm going to open it. God, between, I mean, I don't know how it happened, but before we do it, bam, the thing was on the floor and was broken immediately. The bottle of the spigner didn't break, but the box broke. Immediately, the atmosphere in the whole place changed. And the presence of God fell. And I said, Lord, I am sorry. I knew then that God wanted my all. Not to hold back anything, but all. So I went on with the service. But later when I got home, I looked and it broke. In a, it was a clean break. It, wasn't, it didn't shatter. It was a clean break. And my whole mind was that I will fix it with super glue. But I never did. I, I, kept, I still have it. I kept it like that. You know, there are many times that God requires something from us. But we choose how we want to give it. No, no, no. You can't choose. And that day I said, God, you've been merciful to me. Because I have had my mind on how I want to give this thing to you. But you took it. And I'm glad you took it for me to bring me to the understanding that it's not about me. It's not about what I want to do. But it's about what you, you are requiring for me. That is a perfect sacrifice. God bless you, Mr. Akpatekwe, for that box. Amen. Now, you see, th this box, um, this um, alabaster box, is, is like a precious marble from Egypt. This one came with this box, and within it was the spikenard. And the spikenard is also an ointment, you know, an extract from a root of a tree from India. So you can see how far both things that she had in her hand had traveled. Very costly and very expensive. Pure nard, expensive. Genuine, unadulterated, pure. That was a bottle of pure spikenard. And Bible says it cost 300 denarii, which was a whole year's salary because the um, salary at that time, um, wages, was a denarii a day. And she bought this thing that cost 300 denarii. So even if she was a prostitute, that was her sales for the whole year. What, what, what was she was doing? She bought her whole sales. And she came of her own accord. Not quest, nobody forced it. And that was a bold act, really. Jesus is a rabbi. How can you go into somebody's house? A rabbi is sitting at dinner, and you have the audacity to go to him and touch him. You are not even supposed to enter that room as a prostitute or a woman of dubious character. And then touch him, touch his feet. Hey, what do you want to do? Do you want to massage his feet? <laughs> it could be construed as anything. <clears throat> but she didn't let anything stop her. She, Bible says she went down to her feet. She, she humbled herself and knelt down before him. And I'm sure everybody was looking at her in, in a funny way. She was not asked to. She was not forced. She was not coerced. So whether it was Mary... Um, Lazarus' sister or Mary the prostitute. Listen, this is one testimony that she had. Once I was lost, but now I'm found. This used to be my condition, but this is my estate today. So she humbled herself before the master and 
began to wash his feet with her tears. And you can, can you think how much tears did it take to wash his feet? It must have been a lot of crying. And I see it as a sign of repentance and a sign of cleansing. She was repentant of everything that she had done. We must also come to God to minister to God, not out of sin. We can't minister or worship God in sin, but we must worship God, you know, in the spirit of holiness and righteousness. We can't come before God to say we are worshiping God and we are full of pride and filth. It doesn't work. This woman came with humility of heart. Amen. And she, she went down and she cried in repentance, a contrite spirit. Bible says that God will not reject a contrite spirit, a spirit that is sorry, not a remorseful spirit. Because I tell you, there's a difference between repentance and remorse. Remorse is, I'm sorry I got caught. Repentance is, I'm truly sorry. I changed my ways. It's a, about 10. Most of us are remorseful. When we get caught in anything, oh, no, it's about my heart. What is the condition of my heart? And so she, she came repentant before God. And then she wept. And then she wiped his feet with her hair, which is her glory, a woman's glory. And that means that whatever God has given us for our glory, we must minister to him from that. We must serve him from every glory he has given us. When I talk about the glory of God upon your life, that your giftings, your abilities, everything that God has given you, everything that you are able to do, everything that you have must be used to serve him and, and to worship him. Amen. You know, um, that hair thing was um, uh, an act of her trade. But in this time, she was not using it to serve a client, but she was using her glory, all the, her beauty, to serve the Lord. And Bible says she kissed his feet, which is an act of love and an act of worship. And then she broke the alabaster box. She didn't open it, and she anointed his feet, an act of great sacrifice. That means the woman gave her best. She gave her all. She came to Jesus of her own accord and gave her best, gave her all. We must also come before the Lord and live our lives giving our best to God and our all to God because when it's all said and done, God is giving us his best. I don't know about you, but I believe that God is giving me his best. Being alive today tells me that God is giving me his best. You having the ability to breathe freely without a meter, a breathing meter near your nose so you pay for every breath that you take is an act of God's best to you. God gives us his best. We must also give him our best. Oh, God bless you. She sacrificed unto God. She, she did a great sacrifice to God with the alabaster box that was so costly with a whole person and the very act of worship. She gave a sacrifice. Amen. He, he sacrificed unto God. It costs much, but he's worth much. It costs a lot to sacrifice unto the Lord. But listen to me. God deserves it. God is worth it. Jesus is worth all our sacrifice, all our worship, all our praise. He's worth every sacrifice and every worship you make jesus is worth it he is worth it hallelujah he's worth it 
Maybe you think he's not worth, but I'm telling you, he's worth it. Listen, if, in, if a, a, a human being gives you something you think is precious, when you see them, look how you go. Oh, sister, so sweet. Oh, brother, this. But do you do that for the Lord? Always or only in church when people are watching? So you prostrate and you turn cartwheels to show how much you love the Lord. But is that your heart? Is that your life? It's a question. Amen. It, Jesus is worth our sacrifice. He's worth all. Amen. If Jesus hadn't died for you and I, where would we have been? Amen. But this woman came to sacrifice. You see, the place of sacrifice is a meeting place between God and man. It's like an altar. Whenever you are worshiping, whenever you are serving, like I was thinking about the choir, for example, they come to this house to every service to serve God. It's a sacrifice they make. I think you should put your hands together for them. They come for rehearsals. Nobody's paying their TNT. They come. They come. If you say we're having 21 day, they come. Or at least some come. Amen. They come to serve. The ushers. You know, everyone who is serving in this house, you come to serve. And it's a sacrifice of your life. It's a sacrifice of your time. And I'm saying that the place of sacrifice it's a meeting place. Whenever you are serving God, you've come to the altar. That is, an altar is a meeting place between man and deity. And when we make our sacrifice to God in giving our service to God, giving our time to God, because your time is money, your time is precious, your talent, the gift and ability God has given you to do whatever strength God has given you. Once you are using for service, your treasure, your money, your possession, you are using to serve God, it brings you before him. It brings you to the altar. It brings you to a meeting place. Because you are giving to God your sacrifice. You are giving to God your worship. You are giving to God your body to serve. You, it's like you, you are meeting with God. And there's no way you can meet with God in service and in sacrifice. And go away with nothing. It's not possible. Hallelujah. But we do not serve only with that mind. That, oh, let me go and serve God so that he will give me this. So what if it, you don't get it in the days that you have no, decided. You will stop. But we will sacrifice and worship and serve God because he is God. And we acknowledge him as our God who deserves our worship and our sacrifice. Amen. The, it costs a lot to sacrifice. Amen. But at the place of the altar, at the place of sacrifice, that is where God speaks. There is always a response upon any altar upon which there is sacrifice. Hallelujah. There is always a response. A cold altar, an altar that's, that is cold does not speak. It's only when sacrifice is put on the altar and fire comes on the altar, then there's, there's a response. Hallelujah. It costs a lot to sacrifice, whether it's your time, whether it's your talent or your treasure. You know, it, it, it costs a lot, whether it's your commitment, whatever it is, it costs you. It costs you something. Amen. It, it's not easy. But when we consider the greater sacrifice that jesus has made for us and the sacrifice that he continues to make for us every minute of our life every day of our life no sacrifice should be too great we don't call coming to worship god a waste of time people think that oh no i'm wasting wasting my time i've been here for three hours i'm wasting my time i need to go and eat my food listen 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 that fufu could choke you but for his grace I'm telling you, you might not even get home, but for his grace. 
That's why some of Marvel are people who get up and, you know, in the middle of service or just around somewhere, they pick their back and they <laughs> off. I said, tough, go. Because who is carrying, who's taking you home? For God's sake, it's God who's helping you to get home. Because from here to the junction, anything could happen to you, but for the grace of God. And you want to leave the presence of God because they're wasting time. The time is not yours. Time is not yours. Time belongs to him. He is the owner of time. He holds time, and time's in his hands. We are at his mercy. But praise God that God is merciful. Somebody, thank God for his mercy. <laughs> there should be no sacrifice that we make for God that is too great for us. Amen. When she, she broke the alabaster box of spignard, you know, the, 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 the aroma, the fragrance of the spignard filled the entire house. It filled the, see, that's what God said, that there's no sacrifice that you will make that will ever go unnoticed. The minute she broke the box and the oil, poured the oil, immediately the fragrance of the, of the, of the, of the sacrifice, the spectrum, I feel the whole room. You couldn't but notice it. When we truly give a genuine sacrifice unto God, we're sacrificing unto, unto God with our time, our talent, our treasure, it does not go unnoticed. God notices it. Man will notice it, even if men don't appreciate it. God notices it. And more so, it does not go unrewarded. There's nothing that you do for God that goes unrewarded. He's a rewarder, Bible says, of those who diligently seek him. God will notice it. You may be, you may be criticized for your sacrifice. And a lot of people do that. Hey, but you don't have anything to do every day you are in church. Devil. Devil. People are devils. In church, you'll be shocked. Somebody is giving an offering. Hey, as for you, every time you're giving an offering, people will think you have money when people start asking for money. Devil! You're a devil in the church. Oh, but you, every time they call for offering, they're the first to get up. You are a devil. Shut up. Keep your beak shut. If you will not serve, let somebody serve. If you will not give, let somebody give. And whenever you do that, you place yourself in a very risky position. And that is why people receive curses. They don't know. But God, somebody is serving God, and you have the nerve to criticize them for serving God. Oh, God will punish you. I'm telling you, I'm not speaking against, I'm telling you, God will deal with you. Because you cannot take the sacrifice of God. You cannot take the sacrifice of God. The sons of um, um, Samuel, they, um, sorry, Eli, they took God's sacrifice. God killed them, killed their father, the priest, cursed their generation, took the priesthood from the house. That's how bad it was. Because whenever people came to sacrifice, they would go and take God's portion. Anybody serving in the house of God is giving unto God. Don't dare tell anybody. Why? Why your own sister? Wait, soldier, ask for you every service you are there. Hey, we'll pass for you. Non pass for you on day. A sorry bun and quawo. On sorry on And we need to wise up, church. When people let people criticize you for everything, but let no man criticize you for your service and your love for God. Never allow that. Because when they do that, they want to kill you. Anybody who tries to stop you from church, from your worship, your sacrifice unto God, that person does not want your well-being. Because they know that if you continue 
as you are continuing in what you are doing, you will be blessed. Your breakthrough will come. You will be stronger. They know. They want you down there. They want you still grappling in the sand and groveling. They want you down. You know, I tell everybody that the house of God is like a big clinic. Everybody who comes to church is sick. We have a need. We come to our father. Our father heals us. Then I've come for my father to heal me. You look at me and you tell me that, hey, as for you, every day you are in church. I should sit at home and die. Hey, and it happens. Some people tell me, oh, Apostle, you know, sometimes I want to give, but when I, I keep on coming to give, people tell me that, hey, as for you. I said, what? I said, who's that? So I can't tell you. I said, don't, don't tell me. God knows. You see, please, 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 please. We must be careful what we say to people, what we do to people, and also yourself. Keep your heart and keep your mind. Know what you are about. This woman, nobody went to tell her, come and make a sacrifice unto the Lord. She felt gratitude in her heart. She had a sense of thanksgiving. Nobody knows why I worship. Nobody knows why I do what I do. So let me be. Let me be. That is, you see, you have your problem. You have your issue. You know how far God has brought you. There are certain things in your life you can't even tell people. Nobody knows, but you know it. And you know how God has kept you, how God has delivered you, has God, how God has been there for you. You know that if it had not been for God, you would have been ashamed. You have been dead. And so when you are worshiping, when you come to church and you are dancing crazily, and people are saying, eh, oh, no, no, no. Listen, dance. They have not been given much. They have not been forgiven much, like Jesus said. You know you've been forgiven much. You know you've been given much. You know you owe God something. And so when you are worshiping, when you are serving, you are serving with all your heart, your mind, your spirit, your soul, your body, everything. Not holding back. Not holding back. Don't let anybody criticize you. Don't let anybody stop you. Because you see, we know why we serve. We know. You may be criticized for your service, for a sacrifice. Some will even persecute you. But the master will be pleased. The master, that's the most important thing. See, the disciples criticized her, saying, what a waste of money. 300 denarii, it could have been given to the poor. <laughs> <coughs> People may think you're wasting your time, wasting your money, but time will tell. Tell somebody time will tell. <coughs> time will tell. Time always tells. Time brings everything to light. In due time, time will tell the reward of your sacrifice. I have another message, the reward of your sacrifice. I don't know when I preach, but I'll preach it. Time will tell. You see, so what others thought was a waste of your time, a waste of your money, a waste of you know, your life. Time will tell whether it was a waste or it wasn't. Jesus rebuked the disciples. He said to them, let her alone. In other words, shut up. Leave her alone. Hmm. So when you choose to serve and sacrifice unto the Lord, it is he who fights your battles. He will fight your battles for you. He says he will contend against those who contend against you. And you will fight against those who fight against you. There are some people, when you became a Christian, your family fought you. But today, they are so happy. When you gather family gatherings, they say, oh, sister, you pray. Also for mommy, you pray. Also for papa, you pray. 
But when you started, it was A. Now, also, since when? And all kinds of things. But as I said, time will tell. Because he will contend with him that contends with you. He will fight against those that fight against you. So if you are being persecuted in any way for your service, your sacrifice unto God, just hold on. God will fight your battles and he will save you. Hallelujah. Mary, by this act of devotion and worship, performed a timely act for the Lord. It was timely. Amen. You see, our commitment, our sacrifice, our worship and our service is time bound. It's really time bound. It is timely and based on time. Jesus once said something in John chapter 9, the verse 4. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me whilst it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. So I must work the works of him who sent me whilst it is still day. Because the night is coming when no man can work. Sometimes I, th I think, ask Pastor Cornelius and Pastor Abi. There was a time when I'm preaching, I'm jumping tables. I'm on tables up and down. I was in my 20s, my 30s. I had so much strength, so I'm weak. But I mean, I had the youthful, you know, energy. I'm ministering and I'm standing on tables, hopping from table to table. Today, I hold my ground. That was a time. So everything is time bound. Your service is time bound. Today is your time to serve the Lord. Today is the time for you to sacrifice. Because sometimes today is when you are needed most. You know, I thought about this. Sometimes you are in need of something, okay? And you ask somebody, and they say, oh, sister, I wish I'd come yesterday. Just this morning. I had it, but I had to do this and that, so I don't have it. I'm very sorry. You want I get it. It's okay. Then you go. You struggle and struggle and struggle, and somehow you make it. Now, when you have made it, and the person comes and says, oh, sister, remember that thing you came to ask me last year? I have it now. I don't need it. I don't need it. It's, the person will take it, maybe, but it is not like when the person was in need. It's the same thing with our, 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 our service to God and our sacrifice to God. If you sit back, see, God said that if we will not praise him, he can even raise stones to praise him. But I always say, I'm not going to let any stone take my place. No, 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 no. So there's a time when you are needed for something in the house of God. There's a time when you come and really you are not needed. But really, the, 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 the import of the need at the time when you didn't step forward, is gone. And you missed it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. And the time is coming when you will not even have the strength to do what God requires of you. A time may come when you lie in the casket and whatever you didn't do, you did not do. I go to funerals, I officiate funerals. When they talk, they come and give big tributes. And this person loved God. And this and this and this. And half of it is lies. They did nothing. They warm pews. They didn't even give. They didn't even help kingdom building. But when they die, respect for the dead. We had to come and say something nice. But that, is, that shouldn't be because God knows. God knows. And this morning, I said, I'll ask you, in this church, what are you doing? Ask, what am I doing in this church? Are you in any department serving? Yes, no. 
Maybe you are not in any department. If you are not in any department, in what way are you serving the church? Because there are many avenues. Some are serving with their talent. Some are serving with their time. Others are serving with their treasure. If you can't come to choir rehearsal, be an usher. Let your money, if you have to go. If you don't have it, whatever you can do, do something. Because see, you cannot just be there. Uba, sorry. Uba, sorry, you come to church. You are being fed. You are being helped. God is blessing you. God is protecting you. So, but what are you doing for the kingdom? Hello? You've gone quiet on me suddenly. We need to consider this. Her, and the woman's anointing on Jesus was timely. She didn't know it. She didn't understand what she was doing, but she was moved by love. The love for Christ to do it. She was moved by gratitude. She was moved to do it. Jesus said, this woman has anointed me for my burial. She didn't know that when he died, there was not going to be enough time or it wasn't going to be allowed for, her, for, for him to be you know, um, embalmed or anointed before he was buried. They picked him and threw him into the grave. Joseph of Arimathea's grave. It was three days after that the women took spices that they were going to anoint his body. But when they got there, he had risen. He wasn't there, he had risen. I'm talking to you about the time. Your time of sacrifice. Your time of worship. Your commitment to God. He had risen. But Jesus said, she has already anointed me for my burial. So that we don't know what we do and how it you know, really impacts the work of God. Amen. And so we don't do it. Or we do it as and when we please. Or we do it in our own way or in our own time. But God is not looking for your own way or your own time. It's God's time. It's God's time. We must move in God's time. He didn't say, I will follow you. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. We are to follow God. God is not to follow us. We are to be led by God. So our service, our sacrifice, our time, our talent, our treasure should be that which we give to God, not according to our desire, but according to his desire. And it is serious because why were you brought into this world? Was it to come, eat, drink, grow, have children, and just die? Is that why we came? No. We often say, I was born to be his well. But are we really submitting and subjecting ourselves unto true worship and sacrifice and commitment to God? It's so, so important. So we do it anyhow. We do it in whatever way we choose, when we want to. And sometimes we do it as men pleasers, to please men. But we shouldn't do anything as men pleasers. Whatever we are doing for God, it should be for God's pleasure, as God pleases. Let's work to please God. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, that's what he's saying, by the mercies of God, so I beseech you by the mercies of God, though, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So present your whole self unto God as a living sacrifice. You are alive. Most of the time when they put, they'll put 
sacrifice on the altar, the, like an animal, they'll kill. But I said, this one, you are alive, but yet your, your life is a sacrifice unto God. And he says that, be that sacrifice that is acceptable unto God, not acceptable unto man. And he said, that is your reasonable service. That's the least you can do. That's the least we can do. My time is up, so I can't read more, but he says that, and don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that which is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. Amen. So every one of us, he says that we should serve, if, every, if we down, so we should serve according to the grace of God given to us. What has God given to you? What has God given to you? Use it to serve God. Amen. What has God given to you? Use it to serve God. God has given me the gift of the gap, so I use it to serve God. I talk. I'm a talker. I've always been a talker. I remember when we were, small, we were little, if we were traveling, those days we lived in Ho. My father was a commanding officer of medium water regiment Ho. We lived in Ho. And sometimes when we come to Accra to shop or something, I will talk all the way from Ho to Accra. And then from Accra to Ho, I will talk. <laughs> I will talk. All my brothers, everybody be quiet. I'll be talking. And I read this book, and then I do know that. That I do know, and I was always on him. That I am there. That I, that. So one day he said, Hey, it took me a full cry. So can't you keep quiet a bit? I talk. You know, but not know it was, was for a purpose. <laughs> That's my gift. <laughs> talking <laughs> so I love to talk you know and with time by the grace of God I talk good things not just anything <laughs> you know so identify your gift maybe you too you got the gift of the gap hey use the talk evangelist talk whatever God has given you use it for the service of God use it for the glory of God whatever you can do do it to the glory of God Hallelujah. It is what God has given to us. Amen. So I beseech you by the message of God that you present yourself as your bodies as a living sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. What can I do? What do I know how to do? What can I do best? Do it. See, and I say again that if she had not anointed him at the time that she did, Jesus would not, been ha would not have been anointed for burial. Amen. But she did it. She had, she had done it already. The disciples complained. They said, ah, this money could have been used to, to, to give to the poor, to help the poor. But Jesus said something. He said, Mark 14, something. He said, for you have the poor with you always, and whensoever you will, you may do them good. But me, you do not have always. See, Jesus was not discouraging giving to the poor. No. Far be it from that. He wasn't discouraging giving to the poor. He was revealing, just giving a revelation that there, there, there's a higher priority than earthly ministry. We have that which is earthly, and we have that which is heavenly. And he was saying that giving to the poor is good. God himself said we should give to the poor. God wants you to give to the poor. But above giving to the poor, he said the worship, his worship, your service to him is most important. So he said, yes, give to the poor. It's good. But at the same time, understand that you must worship God in spirit and in truth. Your service, your sacrifice may incur the wrath of people, okay? The condemnation of men. But I say again, if the Father is pleased, what are men? 
if God is pleased with you, what are men? Paul, writing to the church in Galatia, said to them, said, for do I now persuade men or God? Do I seek to please men? No. For if I yet please men, I, I, I won't be a servant of Christ. So if I seek to be a, a man pleaser, I, I will not be a servant of God. I'm here to please God, not to please man. And so I do what pleases God. And sorry for men who think that whatever, if I'm pleasing God and if that which I do is pleasing to God. And Bible says if a man's ways please God, God causes even your enemies to be at peace with you. Praise the Lord. Your sacrifice will cost you much, but you must also understand that if it doesn't cost you much, it is not a sacrifice. Anything that doesn't cost you to do for God, and you're a No. You know, I always talk about people tipping God. When it's about money, they tip God. What can I give to God? It's of what, what, God, what does God want from me? We give God tips. Oh, after all, okay, midway. That's how we look for the, the dirty notes. Not because, sorry. But I know some people who actually go to the bank every week and they go look for fresh notes to put in offering. If you look at some of our offering baskets, you'll be shocked. And then, like that. No. I remember a long time ago, I think the government of God was talking about how we handle money. And the church was the greatest <laughs> corporate. Because we, we crunch up the money like this. So no. So everybody, straight, put it in. Nice. You know, if it doesn't cost you much, it is not a sacrifice. A sacrifice is that which costs much. That which in doing or in giving costs you much. You feel it. You must feel what you are doing. Like how some people come through the rain to come and clean this place. How some people will be cleaning whilst we are sleeping. They want to sleep, but they can't sleep. You know, because there's a sacrifice. Everything that we do for God, if we truly want it to be a sacrifice, it must cost us much. Like when God asked Abraham to give his son Isaac. Say, bring him as a sacrifice. Because this was the man's wealth. This was his only son. The son that God has said to him that from him will his generations become. And God said, come and sacrifice him on the altar as a burnt offering. But willingly, Abraham held the boy's hand and was taking him and would have killed him. He took the knife, about to stab the boy until God stopped him. That was a sacrifice. It cost much. And if it was, I would say, well, if it was I, I don't know, you too, I'm sure, would have said, no, Yakupon. Take your skin, make I take my skin. Far when I'm in Fabio. You want to kill my child? This precious boy. Oh, take your skin. Make I've decided that from now, can we your ship again? You laugh, but we do it in different ways. We do it in different ways. Somebody offends you in church. I'm not going to church again. After all, do you come to church to serve man or to serve God? Are you coming to church because of man or God? I mean. The sacrifice is unto God. Abraham sacrificed unto God. And really, the Bible says that it was as good as if he had killed him because he took him with that intent. It will have to inconvenience you for it to be a sacrifice. 
our service and our sacrifice should not be when it's convenient. Oh, today is not convenient for me to go to church. Why? I just don't know. I just don't feel like it. But how about if God got up one morning and did not feel like giving you breath? He didn't feel like helping you. He didn't feel like answering your prayer or even listening to you. You know, if God just got up my mind, so I'm fed up with this person. I'm not going to mind them. I'm going to ignore the person. See, God is not basing his love on you by feeling, but by commitment. He's committed to your good. He's committed to your cause. He said, by myself, I have sworn. He has covenanted with you. It's whether good or bad, he's in it with you. Whether you are jumping up and down or you are still, he's in it with you. And that is the kind of commitment that God also requires from us. That we should also be committed to the things of God and to God, no matter how we are, what we are, what we are doing, what condition. It's God first. It's God first. Because sometimes the things that we will use as an excuse not to serve God, not to give to God, not to be committed to God, were the same things we ask God to give to us. That is the most painful part of it. I mean, I've had real life experience. I remember there was a time there was a lady, she so much wanted a baby, so much. We prayed and we prayed. Not in this house, in another place where I used to pastor. Oh, seriously. We prayed and we prayed and we prayed. I mean, a group of people, we prayed. And one by one, God started visiting them. They had their babies, you know. I think we even have a picture of an education with about five with their babies. And, you know, some of them would come to all night with their babies. And they would sit at the back. And we used to put mattresses for the children at the back. And they would put the children to sleep there. And then they had the service. One lady, she wouldn't come to church. She wouldn't come to all night. She wouldn't come to nothing. One day I met her and I said, hey. Eraba, you was such a oh Mali and why wouldn't you say? I call her nunti. She said, oh hard dream. Oh my bread do. I get so tired. I know because the child I can't come now. And I said, so did I be naba? Onye ahu. I said, onye ahu. I said, me a me. We should not train onye. Makawasem. Train onye. But you are forgetting that it's God who blessed you with that child. It's God who keeps that child alive. It's God who keeps you alive. Don't let the things that God has given you be the same things that will be a stumbling block between you and God. No. You pray God gave you a job. And now you are telling God that God, because of the job you gave me, I cannot come and serve in your house anymore. You have blessed me with a job. That is it. He can take it from you. But, but for his mercy, because we serve a merciful God. And so God gives us a long rope. And we keep on going on and on and on in all these things. But God is just watching us. He says nothing. But he knows what he will do. One thing that I have prayed for, and I continue to pray, that I will not stand before God, and God will tell me that either he did not know me, or he will not speak to me and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the rest of your Lord. I want that. That's what I want. And so sometimes I will tolerate all kinds of things. Because I don't want to miss that. 
I'll do all kinds of things because I don't want to miss that. I'll endure all kinds of things because I don't want to miss that. I'll keep my smile on because I don't want to miss that. I will even tolerate a certain level of, excuse me to say, on this great, wonderful, holy pulpit, foolishness. As Reverend Francis would say, foolishness. I will tolerate it. Why? Because I don't want to miss it. Peter, Peter and um, Gabby were, were in my house. Yesterday, we went somewhere. They were in my house and we were talking. And they said, Mommy, you are tired. Put off your phone. They said, I said, no, I can't put off my phone. The best I can do is put it on silent, but I cannot put it on phone. Off. I can put it on silent, but it still buzzes so I can hear. They said, oh, what? And I, there he is. That's Peter. And I said, Peter, I'm afraid to put off my phone because maybe somebody needs me. Somebody's dying. And they call and my phone is switched off. I'm afraid. I'll feel very guilty if I heard later that they were calling. I had put off my phone. If I didn't hear it, five, it falls, but I had put it off and somebody needed help. And I wasn't there to even offer a prayer. And I gave my story about a long time ago, I think about 15 years ago. Daddy and I came to, I think we came to Accra for his 50th birthday. And after the celebration, I was so tired. My mind was, put off your phone and get a good sleep. I was just about to, if I thought I'm going to put off my phone. Then suddenly it came to me, don't put off your phone. So I didn't put it off. About between 12.30 and 1, I got a call. Somebody was dying. And they said, come, 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 we're going to come and pray. We rushed, him and I, and went to pray and pray and pray and pray. That person is still alive. You see, and so when we came back, I said, what if I had put off this phone? I would never have forgiven myself. Do you think I don't like sleep? Ah, so what the pan, I will trick yes. Oh, I'm crumb. I will trick yes. I would done on I would done on Now chew name a day. But hey, this is my vocation. This is my assignment. And so I have to do it. You also have your assignment. Do yours. You do yours. I do mine. Reverend ministers, pastors said, ministers, they are doing their part. Ask Pastor Ivy. I give her a whole lot of trouble all the time. One minute I'm smiling, the next minute I'm snapping. I tell you, next minute I'm laughing. Ask her. She goes through like this. I'm sure she said this one is like the wave of the sea. But when I'm hot, I put my hotness on her. Ask them, all of them. I give them hot. Because we have an assignment. And they also, they take the hot. And they work. Because we know we have an, an assignment. You also have an assignment in this house. In this house, these are the pastors, the shepherds, the ministers. Reverend Tim, Reverend Tim is over 70. He's working like a young man of 30. We don't even give him, no mercy, oh. Reverend Tim, go ahead, do name in there. Reverend Tim, go ahead. And he's going up and driving. By the way, I'm telling you, church, Reverend Tim needs a new car. Uh-huh. In Timu, I'm going extra cars. I'm going car. If you want to buy a new one too, God will even bless you. He needs a new car. This young man cannot be repairing his car. Last time, in the middle of the night, after service, he was going home. And something happened to his car. I got a call from Mr. Rene. His daughter had called from Canada. They couldn't find the parents. Something's happened. 
And we were frantic, praying, calling, calling. Finally, oh, God, them, something had happened to his car. It went boom somewhere. And this young man was struggling with it. You have a car packed at home. You're changing cars. Today, this, tomorrow, that, red, blue, green, yellow. Bring him one. Those of you online to the same. It's your reasonable service. The pastors, some of them, they, they, they are still doing kagdi. Don't watch kagdi. How many of you know kagdi? You are young. The more mature ones know who kagdi is. Kagdi was a walker. He would walk for miles. He walk. He was a, those days he walked for, I think, for a charity. Eh? He walked. Because they are walking. Some of them are kagdi. You have extra. Or you can even afford. Today, even some of these cars have come. 25,000, Some of you, you have it. You can help. You are sitting down. Being normal with the normal. Well, God has graced you, not normally, above the normal. And, and, and it's, you just, you're counting your figures. Put on your phone and look at your bank balance and you are happy. Your reasonable service is to help. Yes. You see, we must change our, our thinking. Because that is how we will build the kingdom and build the house of God. You know, there are some churches, if you call a pastor in the night, they won't even mind you. Their phone is off. Our pastors are running midnight, daytime. You call, call and say, hey, pastor, go run. They are running. Taking Uber. How? I charge you, church, do something wrong. Mm. It's a reasonable service. Some of you are, you know, blessed in so many ways. You can do something. We must serve this altar with everything that we can, we, we have, we are. Amen. It must inconvenience you. you. Your sacrifice is not that which is convenient. It's not doing that which is convenient. If it's convenient, it's not a sacrifice. It's just a work. Amen. David one time had to make a sacrifice unto God to stop the hand of God, to appease the hand of God, not to kill his subjects because he himself had caused a problem by, by counting them. And he needed to go and make a sacrifice unto God. And when he went to a man's um, field or, or his session floor where he wanted to build an altar and make a sacrifice unto God, the man, I think it was called Aruna, he said that he would give him his stretching floor for free. He said, no, 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 no. I cannot offer unto God anything that does not cost me. He said, if I'm going to use your ground to sacrifice unto God, it must cost me. I won't take it for free. I mean, some of us were thinking, so, oh, you mean, so. said, no, it must cost me. Let me read Second Samuel 24, 24 to 25, so this apostle body to you. So, and the king said, Aruna, said to Aruna, nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land and the plague was stayed from Israel. He said, I'm not going to give God anything that does not cost me. Let's stop giving God our tip, the tip of your time. It suits me. It doesn't suit me. The time is not right. The time is right. As so the time is not right, it's not even a time that you are using for, you know, it, you could make time to serve in the house of God. 
it costs much. Sacrifices cost much. But God will please with us. Amen. Jesus said to the woman by the well of Samaria, said that you worship that which you do not know. But the outcomes, and that is when the true worshipers worship God in spirit and in truth. Let's begin to worship God in spirit and in truth. Pure speak not, unadulterated worship. Nothing mixed with it from the purity of our hearts. We will serve God. We will sacrifice unto God. We will worship God. Pure worship. And I heard this morning a word of knowledge in my spirit. I saw somebody worshiping. I mean, actually in the art of, art of worshiping. And God said to me that there's someone in the house. Evil is being done against you. You are being wronged. But God says I should tell you that just spend more time before him in worship in these days. And he said he will give you the victory. Your victory is going to come by your worship. That's a word of knowledge for somebody. <coughs> this is that time when God is looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And the reward of sacrifice will come in the approval of God over your life, in the remembrance of God, because God always remembers. And by that, our sacrifice and our commitment to God will take hold on the, the covenant blessings of God and we'll see them fulfilled in our lives. We'll take hold of the covenant blessings of God. Because covenant is a two-way street. God says, I'll do this, you do that. So as God does his part, let us also do our part. The price of sacrifice is costly. It costs much. But then, at the end of the day, God is pleased with us. And it will bring us even more. May the Lord bless us. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless your family. As we sacrifice and we serve at this great altar in the mighty name of Jesus. You want to rise up on your feet and lift up your two hands unto the Lord. And you want to pray today. You want to pray. Pray yourself. Pray unto God. Whatever you have heard, whatever has entered into your spirit, because when the word of God comes, it ministers in different ways to everybody, to different people. Whatever you have gleaned from this word, and whatever decision you have made in your heart, pray unto God. Talk to God yourself. I said the woman was not quest. Nobody forced her. She, by her own will, out of a heart of love for God, a heart of gratitude, a heart of commitment, a heart of thanksgiving, decided what she wanted to do. Talk to God this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's word. Connect with us on our website, www.tlgm.org. Get interactive with Apostle on all social media platforms at Apostle Leanne Coffey.